The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. This is our final podcast of 2021, and I want to thank you guys for supporting us, whether it's been on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from, or watching the video version of this on YouTube and Facebook. I want to thank you for uh, everything this past year, and encourage you to share with your friends and get them on board to build this up bigger in 2022. Uh, we're looking to uh, bring back the regular podcast in 2022. Stephen is moving back to London and uh, might be having some time on his hands, and we'll see what goes on with the regular podcast with uh, news. But, of course, we're keeping you going each and every week with This Week in History. This week, we have a lot of title changes, and, of course, because it's the end of December, a lot of Starcade events from WCW. So we're going to be looking at all that and uh, birthdays and some people who unfortunately passed away along with title changes and a little look at some Monday Night uh, Wars for one of the weeks. But we can't do that until we head over to Niagara Falls and welcome in Jonesy, who came up with the original list. How are you this evening? You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Steve might be uh, moving back to London. Uh, we're actually thinking of uh, moving. Um, we've uh, looked at a few places. Uh, um, of course, I just forgot of the place. Um, oh, Parts Unknown. That's the uh, one place yeah. we've been looking uh, at. Um, other places, of course, is Death Valley. That's a very popular place. And you could uh, always meet up with Damien Demento in the outer, reach uh, outer reaches of your mind. Yes, yes, that's that's another good one. I think there's some others. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of them all, but yeah. So maybe we'll look at some of the best places to live uh, uh, as a wrestler, and uh, maybe a future fantasy warfare if when we bring that one back too. Mm -hmm. But we are here for history, so some serious business. Yeah, and instead, of, and this is our second week of our uh, newer format. Uh, before we were going day by day and uh, through everything, now we're uh, kind of just sectioning off. Uh, this was big events going on. These were title changes. These are birthdays. So it's more a little compact, uh, and then we'll deep dive into a couple things. So hopefully uh, people are enjoying uh, the new format. Let us know. Send us a message. All our contacts are below, uh, whether you email us at uh, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com or uh, contact us on Facebook. But we're going to dive into our first topic, which is title changes, part one. I, I don't like the new format because uh, there's some fonts in here I just do not like. Anyways, yes, the title changes. Uh, December 26, 1983, 38 years ago today in New York City, the Iron Sheik defeated Bob Backlund via Arnold Scotland, uh, Backlund's manager, Threw in the towel while Bob was trapped in the camel clutch uh, submission hold. The Sheik would end Backlund's over-a-decade championship run. And, of course, there's a asterisk there. Uh, Sean, what's the asterisk for? Uh, I think it was questionable about how long his run was, but also yeah. the fact that, uh, you know, the title didn't get defended too often. Uh, you had it uh, basically in the Northeast because that's where WF territory was. And so you're doing places like Boston, 
uh, Baltimore, I think was in there, Philadelphia, and of course, New York. Uh, now, of course, they go all over the place since Vince Jr., uh, don't call him Jr., uh, took over and went globalization and also took over North America. But at that time, they were just up there in the Northeast and people held on to the titles a lot longer, uh, including uh, San Martino had it for a long time as well. So it's kind of questionable on uh, the amount of time that they've held it. And then to, the sad part is the fact that this was December 26th of 83, and less than a month later, as I believe it was uh, January 23rd, if not 24th of 84, that Hogan uh, came marching into uh, the garden and took the uh, title from the Sheik. So he was just a, unfortunately, had to say, it, glorified uh, transition. It sure was. Kind of stunk for the uh, Iron Sheik. But hey, at least, at least he got to hold the championship for a couple of days. And ever since then, he, and especially on social media, he's always saying, Hulk Hogan, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, December 26, uh, 2004, Austin Aries defeated Samoa Joe to win the ROH World Championship. Also, December 26, uh, 1988, Kevin Sullivan and Steve Williams defeated the Fantastics, uh, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers to win the NWA US Tag Team Belts. Also on the 26th, uh, 1988, Rick Steiner defeated Mike Rotunda to win the NWA World TV Belt. Yeah, so a lot of uh, title changes, and right there was the Varsity Club, basically. Yes, and uh, the Varsity, I'm trying to, oh, that was last week uh, we were talking about them. Uh, yeah. December 27th, 1988, 33 years ago today, actually, uh, that one, we don't, we're not uh, including yeah, it. It's there, it's there. Oh, it is there, oh, okay, it is there. In Las Vegas, Nevada, Greg Gagne defeated Adrian Adonis in a tournament final to become the first AWA international TV champion. And on the same show, Medusa Maselli defeated Candy Devine to win the AWA World uh, Women's Championship. The title had been vacant uh, for about six months when Sherry Martel, the previous champion, left for the WWF. Yeah, and uh, we'll, I think, talk about uh, Medusa again later on with another uh, title. Uh, it seemed to me she was the only woman, basically, mm -hmm. to hold belts and had one opponent all the time. Like, yep. it, It's definitely not like how it is today where you have so many women and so many titles now. No, but, I, you know, I would say that when it's the same two women going at it or even the same two men, a lot of times you'll get a better match. Cause I'll tell you, I, I, I got to see, uh, uh, not Medusa, London Blaze against uh, Bone Nicano and it, it was the best match on the card. Yeah. Well, when they're doing the same match all over the country mm -hmm. for months on end, it better be good. And I think before that they went against each other in Japan or something. Yeah, I think so. December 27th, 1993, Ric Flair defeated Big Band Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Now, had Flair lost, uh, he would have been forced to retire. Originally, Sid Vicious was the opponent lined up for Vader, but he was involved in a stabby-stabby incident with Arn Anderson and was fired two months before the event. 
December 26, uh, 1994, Vader defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan to win the WCW United States Championship. December 29, 1995, Ric Flair defeated Randy Savage to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt. In December 27, 1998, in the main event of Starcade 98, Kevin Nash defeated the cattle-prodded Goldberg in a no-DQ match to win the WCW World Belt. The win ended Goldberg's undefeated run in WCW at just over 15, 15 months and a kayfabe 173 matches, give or take a few ones made up. Yeah, that was a little bit bad considering well, it was the main event of Starcade for starters. And you build this guy up so big and have him beat Hogan in the uh, dome only for Scott Hall to come along and use a cattle prod on uh, Goldberg and cost him everything. And then basically he went downhill from there. Yeah, but the cattle prod thing, dumb. But hey. It's WCW. That's right. Uh, December 27, 2005, 16 years ago today at a SmackDown taping, Eminem, uh, Joey Mercury, and Johnny Nitro defeated Batista and Rey Mysterio to win the WWE tag belts. It's the third time the duo won the tag titles in 2005. December 28th, 1997, DDP defeated Kurt Henning to win the WCW US belt. And December 28th, 1997, Sting defeated Hollywood Hogan by submission to win the WCW world belt. Hogan had originally won the title with a badly executed fast count, uh, but Bret Hart, who was acting as a referee, restarted the match. Stink uh, would uh, hook on the Scorpion Deathlock in Hogan submitted. And we will be talking about that a little later on. Yeah, uh, I just ended up uh, finishing watching it, uh, the whole Starcade event uh, in preparation for our conversation. And yeah, just it was basically the beginning of the end. Uh, some birthdays to go through. We've got December 25th, uh, happy 35th to Rusev or Miro. Uh, I believe he's still in AEW. Yep. All right. Uh, December 27th uh, uh, as well. It's a happy 34th birthday for Andrew Andy Levine. Uh, also on the 27th, it's a happy 41st birthday for Claudio Castagnolio. O'Neill. Oh, man, I can't. Noli. Castanoli. There we go. Known these days as Cesaro. A little bit about him. He was born in Lucerne, Switzerland in 1980. His training as a pro started in his homeland under Swiss wrestler Sigmasta Rappo. His debut was for the Germany-based WrestleSide Extreme Wrestling. He would also receive training from Dave Taylor. After wrestling as tag team Swiss Money Holding, Inc., uh, he would meet uh, Chris Hero and Mike Quacken, Quackerbush, uh, who invited Swiss Money Holding to the United States. Well, they, along with his tag uh, partner, fellow Swiss wrestler and trainer Aries, uh, would compete in IWA, Mid-South, and Shakira. Or, Sh yeah, Shakira. I Shakira. think same when I say that. <laughs> or Shakira, right? Yeah, her hips oh, don't well. 
After returning to Swissland, he would um, receive permanent U.S. residency in his first try at the Green Card Lottery, also known as the Diversity Immigrant Program over there. He would wrestle for many indie promotions, including Shakira, where in 2009 he teamed with Brian Danielson and Dave Taylor as Team Uppercut. CZW, Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, and others before landing in Florida Championship Wrestling with the WWE in 2011. By uh, 2012, at the SummerSlam pre-show, he would win his first WWE title, winning the U.S. belt from Santino Morella. The Swiss-born uh, Castagnoli uh, is one of the more accomplished tag team wrestlers of the 21st century, including he, along with Sheamus, ended the New Day's record WWE tag team reign and claimed their first championship as a duo. He also had some singles success winning the Westside Extreme Wrestling Unified World Wrestling Championship in 2003 and 4, the Pro Wrestling Gorilla uh, World Championship in 2010, and the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy for winning a 30-man battle royal at WrestleMania 30. He's yeah. one of those guys that is entertaining to watch. His strength is scary, and uh, so is his stand-up. Oh man, I'm having trouble with words as always. Yeah, I was creating this slide that everybody uh, who's watching visually can see, and it was just taking so long to get all of his accomplishments, especially in the tag teams, uh, able to be put up there. Just on the one side with uh, his independent stuff, CZW uh, World Tag Team Champion two times with Chris Hero, uh, Germany uh, Wrestling the Tag Team Champion uh, two times with Aries, then. Uh, Juggalo Wrestling uh, Tag Team Champion one time with Chris Hero. PWG World Champion one time. World, uh, I mean, ROH World Tag Team Champions two times with Chris Hero. So a lot of uh, combinations there are different places that the Kings of Wrestling end up going to. Uh, WXW, which I believe you can see on the network, he was two time World Heavyweight uh, Champion for them. And WXW Tag Team Champion uh, three times with Aries. And then, of course, you mentioned him going over to WWE, where we know him mostly uh, today. And United States Champion one time, Raw Tag Team Champion five times, uh, once with Tyson Kidd and four times with Sheamus as part of the bar. And then he's won the uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles twice, once with Sheamus and then Shinsuke Nakamura and, of course, the Andre Memorial. That's a lot of stuff to try and stuff into one of these slides so people can still read it. And yeah. I, it's just amazing. At 41, he's been sort of pigeonholed as being this tag team wrestler and utility worker in the way that, like, um, say, a Sean Morley, Val Venus, or Sean Waltman, X-Pac were, where if you can get through Cesaro, you can move on to others. And it's good and bad at the same time because then you're reliable too much in one aspect but then you're not going anywhere further so i'd love to see him uh back in the title scene he had an amazing uh, match with uh, roman reigns earlier this year uh which then they dropped as soon as that was over because obviously with roman's push they they're doing but he did put up a good uh fight with uh him and worth uh while one top matches of this year. Indeed. Two more birthdays to go through. December 27th, uh, 
It would have been the 52nd birthday for uh, uh, Joni Marie Lawler, best known to wrestling fans as China. Also the 27th, it's a happy 55th birthday for William Bill Scott Goldberg. And also the 27th, it's a happy 58th birthday for Michael Polchilipek. Oh, I think I got it. Best, uh, better known as one half of the smoking guns, Bart Gun. And December 28th, two birthdays. It's a happy 36th birthday for Taryn Nicole Terrell. And a happy 68th birthday for Pursuo um, legend Tasumi Fujinami. Yeah, there's the birthdays for now, and we're going to move on to the Monday Night War. Yeah, so So, this week, yeah, no worries. This week, we're looking back at uh, the end of the year with December 30th, uh, 1996. So it was 25 years ago tonight that this one uh, happened between uh, the two uh, companies. All right, uh, so uh, the uh, December 30th, um, Raw, uh, which took place at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. Uh, the, all the dark matches, uh, we had Hector Garza defeat Nick uh, Barberry. Mini Vader defeated uh, Mascarita Segarata Jr. Jerry Lawler defeated Tony DeVito. The Undertaker defeated Psycho Sid, who was champion, by DQ. And Shawn Michaels defeated Steve Austin. And the matches that were actually on the show was Bret Hart and Samuel Vega defeated Farouk and Steve Austin by DQ. Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Flash Funk in a non-titled match. And Jerry Lawler defeated Goldust by Countout. Yeah, this one actually, the um, matches were kind of long, and I believe we're still in a one-hour era for uh, Raw at this point. That's why all those d- lovely dark matches, uh, including the two-minute uh, Shawn Michaels-Steve Austin match uh, that they had, because um, Austin then was out with uh, Farouk, and that match actually started with uh, Road Dog uh, or Jesse James as uh, Savio's tag team partner, and something happened, and he got taken out, and Brett took his uh, spot. And uh, they were also uh, going to be doing a confrontation between Brett and Sean, because Brett had just gotten back into uh, WD, I think, just the month before at Survivor Series when he took on Austin. And he was not happy with Sean, how he portrays himself as champion, even though he said he was going to be uh, doing his championship run the same as what he, uh, in honor of Bret Hart, but Bret Hart never posed in Playgirl, and just some of the things that Sean was doing was totally not Bret Hart. And I'm wondering if some of that was when some of the real-life animosity started coming up between the two, which led for a wonderful 1997, mind you. But, uh, yeah, definitely getting close to uh, Sean losing his smile uh, probably Ooh. within the next month or two. Uh because I think that was actually originally to set up for WrestleMania 13. There was supposed to be a rematch between Sean and Brett, and these were supposed to be sowing the seeds, and didn't happen. Uh, the other matches were uh, pretty good as well, with uh, 
Hunter Harris Helmsley taking on uh, Flash Funk, but the background story was the uh, issue with him and Goldust and Marlena and kidnapped Marlena during uh, Goldust match with Jerry Lawler. Mark Merrow tried making a save. It was like a WCW uh, mid card going mm-hmm. on in the main event of Raw at the time. But uh, decent uh, show for uh, Raw in this one hour uh, format with names that you wouldn't expect to on paper have a decent match with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, over to Nitro. Uh... These matches, I'm not sure which ones are the dark matches and which they, ones aren't, so we'll just go through them. I don't think they actually had dark matches. They were, I think, at two hours at the time, but on an hour okay. before uh, Raw. So you had a bunch of quick little matches on this one and a lot of talking and just, yeah. Uh, the end segment also was a uh, talking one, too, which... All right. Uh, the matches, the amazing, the amazing French Canadians, Carl Ouellette and Jacques Rougeau with Colonel Robert Parker, defeated public enemy Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. The Ultimo Dragon uh, with Sonny Ono defeated Jushin Thunder Liger to retain the J-Crown Championship and the WCW World Cruiserweight Belt. Conan defeated Michael Wall Street in a full Four Corners strap match. Hugh Morris defeated Kenzuki Sasaki with Sonny Ono via DQ. Uh, Harlem Heat defeated Ming and the Barbarian. Glacier defeated Disco Inferno. Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho, Octogoncito, and Mascarita Sagrata defeated Jerito Estrada and Piretier Morgan. Uh, Dean Malenko fought Rey Mysterio Jr., which ended in a time limit draw, and Lex Luger defeated Greg Valentine. Yeah, the midgets, they ended up uh, getting shifted over to uh, WWE, so it was more of an attraction uh, at that point. Uh, obviously, seeing Jericho and Benoit go against each other is uh, really good. For Unfortunately, people had to sit through Glacier and Disco Inferno. Mm-hmm. Dear God. But then to see that Luger and Greg Valentine were the main event and it only lasted like two minutes. I can't imagine the fact that Greg Valentine was main eventing a uh, show, but then there was still a lot of time left. And this was the night after uh, Starcade 96 and there were Age in the Cage and Bischoff and Hogan were boasting about uh, defeating Piper. Piper came out and uh, went after them and called out the NWO. But then he disappeared, and Giant was still wanting to make sure that people knew that he won World War III and should be getting this title shot against Hogan. But they were, I thought, making it look like it was going to be them using Giant as a placeholder to sort of keep the title safe for Hogan. And I'm saying, you know, they're turning on the giant at the end of the show, and uh, he's going to get his title shot, obviously, since he's been just kicked out of the NWO. But, yeah, the whole segment ended with, or the show ended with a talking segment and the attack on the giant. Yeah, I guess you don't want a too good of a match going into that. Yeah, you got to bring him down, let them go to the washroom, and then come back. 
That's so, right. Greg Valentine and Luger, I guess, was your uh, washroom break. Um, moving on. Well, actually, so which uh, which would you say was the better uh, program? Well, I'm just looking at other than the fact that they uh, turning on the giant. And a couple of the matches look good on paper, but I don't think they uh, executed well on TV because of them doing commercials and everything that way. Raw actually had, I think, better matches in ring, surprisingly considering the combinations like Farouk and Steve Austin as a tag team. <laughs> and all of a sudden you have Brett and Savio as a tag team going against them. Like It just worked well between the bells even though you had a bunch of characters, cartoony uh, going on. WCW had the uh, real people, but then they threw in the minis and stuff like that. So I would go with Raw. All right. Yourself? Uh, honestly, I probably would have watched Nitro over Raw just because, yeah, Bret Hart, is great in that, but no offense for Rook, uh, Flash Funk, Jerry Lawler. Like I said, on paper, it doesn't against, look good. Like Jerry Lawler against Gold Dust. Like, okay, younger Lawler, fine. Older Lawler, no, no. Um, and you know, WCW usually, in my opinion, they had the they had the better wrestlers, they had the better matches. Well, like this head, I had uh, Harlem Heat against Ming and Barbarian, the faces of fear. Yeah. Benoit and Jericho, Malenko and Mysterio. Right there, three great matches. But then they screwed it up with Luger and Valentine. Yeah, and they screwed up with everything else I would be put around it. If it had just been those three matches and then the uh, uh, turning of uh, NWO and Giant, But I think next week, because we're going to talk about uh, uh, in the title changes, I think coming up, uh, the Mankind uh, title change. But that was pre-taped, and that's why it falls into this week. But next week, I think uh, we can go back and look at that actual week with a taped uh, Raw versus a uh, live Nitro and the infamous, that will put butts in seats. Ah. Yeah, they compare. Nice. So I think that's going to be our Monday Night Wars uh, look next week. All right. We're going to go through some of the events. Uh, December 25th, 2004, uh, first presented on Christmas night in 2003, uh, which was 17 years ago. WWE's Tribute to the Troops uh, was an annual show presented around Christmas as a thank you to the servicemen and service women around the world. Uh, the show that was the brainchild of JBL and was presented in its first few years from Iraq before moving stateside in 2010, where the shows uh, remained ever since. Uh, also on the 25th, 1987, 34 years ago on Christmas Day in Texas, WCWA presented Christmas Day Massacre. The main event was um, WCWA champion Al Perez versus Kerry Von Erich in a steel cage match with Gary Hart handcuffed to Fritz. The show was remembered for Fritz, 
Fritz kayfabing a seizure and collapsing onto the floor and being rushed to hospital after being attacked by a group of goons led by Terry Gordy. Uh, the Dallas area media reported this as a top story, not realizing this was a work. Hey, it wasn't a work. Wrestling is real. The rest of the no, world. No, that could be that could be part of why um, a uh, new news and that uh, stopped the uh, you know doing reports on the real news is because of stuff like that. Probably. Uh, December 26, 1988, 33 years ago, WCW presented Starcade 88, True Grit. Uh, this is the first time Starcade would be held around the Christmas holiday. The first four were on Thanksgiving. This is also the first pay-per-view presented under the WCW name um, banner with new owner Ted Turner. Also on the 26th, uh, 2004, 17 years ago, Ring of Honor presented Final Battle 4. On the 27th of 1983, 38 years ago, at a, res at a wrestling at the Chase taping in St. Louis, Missouri, Hulk Hogan made his first return to the World Wrestling Federation with a win over Bill Dixon. Hogan had left the WWF in 1980 to film a small role in Rocky Three. He went, to, baby. <laughs> he went to the American Wrestling Association, where he would rise to national and international prominence, uh, especially after the film's release in 82. Hogan would be the centerpiece of the WWF's expansion from uh, regional territory to national promotion. Also debuting for the WWF during that taping would be AWA's longtime interviewer, Gene Okerlund. Orkland would be the WWF's main interview, interviewer until leaving the promotion in 1983. And becoming Scheme Gene. Scheme Gene. Call the hotline, 909-9900. Ah, I wasted so much money on that hotline. Uh, December 27th, 1993, 28 years ago, WCW presented Starcade 93, which is the 10th anniversary uh, so we're going to uh, look at this one. It's the first Starcade since the NWA-WCW split was made official a few months earlier. Uh, at the beginner, uh, the beginning, uh, we've seen the, um, actually the beginning, we've seen uh, Ric Flair and uh, Mean Gene uh, doing a uh, limo right after visiting, I think, their house. Yeah, the, the, the whole show revolved around the fact that Ric Flair was going to be uh, going for the world title, he'd just come back uh, to WCW, um, I'm going to say March-ish, uh, February, March-ish of 93, after losing a uh, loser-must-leave WWF uh, match on Raw uh, in January to uh, Kurt Hennig. So then he's back in WCW and going for the title, but then it's supposed to be if he loses, he loses career as well. So it's a big uh, night for him in that regards. Probably happened a bunch of times. But so Gene Orkland made sure to follow him and be with him and interview him in that limo and at his home all the way to the uh, arena and getting ready. So it was almost a pre-day of uh, WD uh, sort of uh, documentary. Happening actually on the pay per view. Mm -hmm. 
and we get to see Reed and Ashley and David Flair and even Conrad Thompson's wife, uh, Megan. Nice. Uh, the Shockmaster defeated King Kong, uh, and those were the killer Kongs that were uh, twins. They were big, big, big boys. Uh, Rick Rude defeated the boss to retain the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, the international championship that didn't last too long. But, hey, at least Rick Rude uh, got uh, recognized as a world heavyweight champion. And, of course, Ray Trailer with his multiple gimmick names after joining WCW, being the man, the boss, the guardian angel. Yeah, a road guardian angel. Steve Austin defeated Dustin Rhodes to zip in a best of three falls match to win the WCW United States Championship. Which is actually kind of a surprise. You uh, find out you're going to see a 203 falls match. You expect it's going to go three falls. And mm-hmm. this one, Street Falls. And it was Dustin Rhodes and Steve Austin. But hey, you know, I like the surprise of the fact that it was two straight falls instead of the predictable. <laughs> having to go three. And we're not going through all the matches for this one. Uh, we're just really doing the yeah, big just ones. the main event. Yeah. And the main event was Ric Flair defeating Big Van Bader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And, of course, had Flair lost, he would have been forced to retire, at least, you know, one more retirement. Uh, Sid Vicious was originally the opponent lined up for Vader, but he was involved in the Stabby Stabby incident. So... There you go. Yeah, definitely a Starcade worth going back and watching. And uh, when I went, to, when I went to go and watch uh, '97 today, it looked like WD Network was actually playing Starcade '93 on regular time on the network. Hmm. Oh. Neat. Uh, another one we're looking at here is December. Uh, 27th, 1994, 27 years ago, WCW presented Starcade 94. Uh, Vader defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan to win the WCW United States Championship. Uh, Alex Wright defeated Jean-Paul Lavaque, of course, Triple H. Uh, Johnny B. Bad defeated Arn Anderson to retain the WCW World TV belt. And originally, Honky Tonk Man was supposed to face Johnny, but Honky was fired by WCW following a dispute with management prior to the event. Uh, Basically, Honky did not want to lose to Johnny, so they went on you. In a side note, Eric Bischoff in his book, Controversy Creates Cash, vowed never to use Honky Tonk Man ever again, and he never did. And that firing him was his favorite thing he'd ever done in WCW. Yeah, he's mentioned that a few times on 83 Weeks when uh, Ask Eric Anything or when this event came up to be uh, looked at. He just has a hate on for hockey. Yeah. Uh, Mr. T defeated Kevin Sullivan and Hulk Hogan defeated The Butcher to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Now, this is one that, you know, hey, I'd I'd watch Johnny B. Bad uh, go against Arden Anderson and Alex Wright against Jean Paul. Hell, I'd even watch Vader go against Hacksaw. But once you get the Mr. T and and Hogan think, defeating the like the butcher in the mate, come on. What a peak. It, pay, it paid to be Hogan's friend. Oh. Sure. 
All right, December 27th, 1995, 26 years ago today, WCW presented Starcade 95, uh, which was the World Cup of Wrestling featuring seven WCW stars taking on seven of New Japan Pro Wrestling's best. Um, and that's one that I'd probably go back and uh, watch uh, because, hey, you got uh, some good wrestlers in there, both from WCW and New Japan. Uh, December 27th, 1998, 23 years ago, a WCW presented Starcade 98. And um, we mentioned the main event on that one. I think enough is said. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. What was that main event? Cattle Prod. Oh, the Cattle Prod, yeah. And December 28th, uh, 2008, which was 13 years ago, Ring of Honor presented Final Battle. And also on the 28th, 1992, 29 years ago, WCW presented another Starcade 92 Battle Bowl. And of course, we all know what Battle Bowl is all about. Names were drawn at random to form the tag teams and yada, yada, yada. And I the like finals. The, sorry? I like the Battle Bowl concept. I would love to see it be brought back, maybe tweaked a slight bit, but because you can control the narrative. Mm hmm. And yeah, I think I'm not sure if it was this one, but the uh, one of the battle bowls was uh, one where Mean Gene Nokrona was uh, very close to a Me Too movement on uh, uh, Fee the Maid, which well, we all know was Wendy, uh, Ric Flair's wife or common law wife now, but yeah, kind of creepy. I, I thought they got married, like yeah. actual. I'm not well. They had a commitment ceremony. I'm not sure. Oh, if it commitment was ceremony. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure the if it's an actual marriage or commitment ceremony, but they had. I think it was just a commitment ceremony. Oh. But she's still by his side after all the uh, stuff that uh, went through with his uh, heart issues and almost dying. Well, God bless Fifi for that. Yep. Uh, the finals of that uh, Starcade Battle Bowl uh, saw the great Muda last eliminate Barry Windham to win the Battle Bowl. Uh, title changes. December 28, 2000 uh, saw um, on SmackDown, uh, Chris Jericho in China went to a double pin for the WWF IC belt. They did the, the two referees counted their shoulders down for the three count bit. Uh, today, the co-intercontinental title reign of China and Jericho is not recognized by WWE. It is considered vacant. Yeah, during that time, they were uh, going back and forth and defending it and being by each other's side and basically protecting each other from losing the co-holded belt. And I think it finally got decided, uh, I'm not sure if it was at the Royal Rumble, uh, but Bob Holly was also involved in that uh whole thing and was a three-way where they finally did decide who was going to be the intercontinental champion which i think was jericho sure we'll look at that uh, in upcoming weeks yeah when it's finally decided we'll have the answer for that in a few weeks december 29th 1985 at nwa and awa's event star wars Stan Hansen defeated Rick Martel by submission to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, also on the 29th, but in 1995 at ECW 
Holiday Hell, Mikey Whipwreck defeated Too Cold Scorpio to win the ECW World Tag Team Championship and the ECW World Television Championship. Following the bout, Whipwreck chose Cactus Jack as his tag team partner. On the 29th of December, 1996, Ultimo Dragon defeated Di Malenko to unify the WCW Cruiserweight and J-Crown Championships. And also on the 29th and 1996, Akira Hokuto defeated Medusa to win the WCW Women's Championship. Uh, she would be the only one recognized as the champion, even though Devil Masami uh, won the vacated belt and the AAAW single championship in 97 versus women's wrestler Zero. Her 110-day reign was not recognized by WCW TV. Isn't it good that that is where the big girls play? That is. And why uh, Medusa showed up to dump her uh, WWF. Uh, now, did they say where the girl, big girls uh, play? Yeah, Medusa used that because uh, See, when, I, I, when I, she took the title, she said, this is where the big boys play? Well, this is now where the big girls play. But she's not a big girl. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, December 29th, 1996, Eddie Guerrero defeated DDP to win the vacated WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and also on the 29th, but in 1997, uh, on Nitro... Ultimo Dragon defeated Eddie Guerrero to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And also on that same show, Booker T defeated the Disco Inferno to win the WCW World TV belt. Disco fever, 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 to win the WWF Championship. This match indeed did put butts in the seat. Nitro tried to take advantage of Raw being pre-taped, but revealing the competition's title change was one of the moves that put WWE back on top of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, as I said, next week we'll look at uh, that yeah. episode because it happened, actually got aired in January, even though Mick won the title just after Christmas. Uh, December 29th, 2012, nine years ago, at a Raw taping, Wade Barrett defeated Kofi Kingston to win the WWE IC belt. Uh, also on the 29th, 2014, uh, on Raw from Washington, D.C., the Usos uh, defeated The Miz in Damian Mizdow uh, to win the WWE Tag Team belts. And also, oh, December 30th, uh, 1997, on a Raw is War taping, Jeff Jarrett defeated Barry Windham to win the NWA North American Heavyweight Championship. Also on the 30th, 2003, at a SmackDown taping, Rey Mysterio defeated Tajiri to win the WWE Cruiserweight belt. And a couple more to go through. December 30th, 2007, at Ring of Honor Final Battle, Eric Stevens defeated Roderick Strong to win the ROH World Heavyweight Belt. And also on the 30th and 2007 as well, uh, at the ROH Final Battle, um, the Age of Fall, yeah, the Age of the Fall, Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black defeated the Briscoe Brothers. 
to win the ROH World Tag Team Belts. Lots of title changes that week. Tyler Black, good old Seth Rollins. And, of course, up front on that uh, graphic here, you got uh, Jim Cornette being by the side, representing the NWA with Jeff Jarrett as the uh, North American champion. And that was a very short-lived partnership between the uh, NWA and WF at that uh, time. Uh, who knows where it was going to go, but you had then Cornette doing the uh, new uh, Midnight Express with Bombastic Bob and uh, Bodacious Bart and Jeff Jarrett doing his uh, re uh, return there. Not uh, very good. Uh, they they would have done better by just having Smoky Mountain uh, do their thing. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so, whoa, did I knock? No, I thought I knocked the thing behind me down. Uh, in memory of, we're going to go through some deaths. Uh, December 24th, 1988, a sad event in the history of wrestling in the Montreal Territory occurred. 33 years ago, wrestler Pierre Mad... Pardon me. Supper's coming up. Uh, wrestlers um, Pierre Mad Dog Laferbe and Tarzan the Boot, Tyler, um, as well as referee Adrian Bois died in a car accident on Christmas Eve in Luciation... Oh, man, I can't say that word. Laurentian. That's Laurent, word. Laurentian Park. Laurentian Park. All right. December 26, 1990. Uh, George Raymond Wagner, best known to many fans as a legendary gorgeous George, died of a heart attack. He had suffered two days prior in Hollywood, California, and he was 48. Do, 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 do. We did have a lot on him, but for time, we're just going to skip him. And we've talked about him before, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about him. In yeah, his the biggest future. thing is the fact that he was one of the uh, first people to uh, come with music. He was very influential in the mainstream of entertainment as well and influenced a lot of people in music and in wrestling. And, of course, uh, one-time AWA World Heavyweight Champion in the Boston area. But then he's been in almost everybody's Hall of Fame, from Stampede Wrestling, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, and, of course, the WF uh, or WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, 48 years old and so influential. Surprised uh, how much yeah. he got in, in that short time. And... Uh... In the fifties, he uh, he would get fifty percent of the gate for the events because he was that damn popular, and um, many would also credit George's showmanship as a part of their own careers. And look at these names: Muhammad Ali, Ali James Brown, Bob Dylan, Little Richard, Liberace, Elton John, and Morris Day. And of course, there's tons of wrestlers on top of that that um, would uh, uh, credit him as well. So we're going to move on to uh, December 26, 2004. Reginald Howard White, or simply Reggie White, uh, to football and wrestling fans. He died in hospital because of an irregular heartbeat. He was 43. Uh, of course, this NFL legend has a wrestling connection. White was a member of the Lawrence Taylor All-Pro Entourage during WrestleMania 11 against Bam Bam Bigelow. 
and at Slamboree97 over in WCW, White had his only professional wrestling match, which was a loss to fellow NFL alumnus Steve McMichael. On December 29, 2009, Dr. Death Steve Williams dies of throat cancer at St. Anthony uh, Central Hospital in Denver, Colorado. He was 44. December 30th, 1998, longtime promoter Sam Munchnik uh, died of a car accident. He was 93. Uh, Sam was a wrestling promoter who at one time was the NWA president. Just a year before his death, uh, Munchnik made one uh, of his last major public appearances at the WWF, Bad Blood in Your House pay-per-view. Yeah, so... Uh... We'll look at the last uh, chunk of events that happened also uh, during this week. Because, like I said uh, at the beginning, there was a lot of starcades and tons of title changes. So um, we did. Uh, we're going to spotlight uh, Starcade '97. That's why I watched it earlier today. But to be honest, looking through, uh, watching it earlier, I was a lot of propaganda with the NWA, NWO and WCW thing. They threw a lot of uh, former W, sorry, current WCW talent into the audience to make it look like they were rooting for their side to win and everything. And it was uh, making it that pivotal uh, type deal. It was a lot of the guys that you just see normally on WCW Saturday night, hanging out in the uh, audience with fans and supposedly paying their ticket, but they weren't on the card. But, of course, they got paid, so why not sit in the audience with fans? Um, it's the most bought WCW event of all time, uh, leading uh, to Sting's return to the ring in over, for an, a year and a half since uh, WCW started turned on them and the NWO started taking over, and that's what fans were looking forward to the most. Um, the event became the biggest grossing pay-per-view in WCW history. Despite its success, however, the card is seen as a pivotal downfall moment uh, of WCW uh, and set the tone for backstage tension and poor creativity decisions going forward. So it's almost like they built themselves up so much, got to that point where, oh my God, Sting's going to come and save us, and it was sloped down from there. Um, did you end up uh, watching the show? I watched some of the matches. Um, both both those pay-per-views we talked about today. Um, I uh, I first watched the matches that look the best, and then if I have time, I'll start watching the other ones. Um, this one, I thought 93 was a lot better. Uh, of course, the first match, Malenko against Eddie Guerrero was, you know, pretty good. Uh, usually on WCW uh, pay-per-views, the first match was a lot of times the best damn match on the whole show. Um, yeah, and starting off usually with a uh, uh, cruiserweight match, mm -hmm. and Eddie was already starting, uh, I guess, his uh, lie, cheat, and steal uh, persona in a way that there, and he ended up taking advantage of uh, Dean's injured knee and frog splashing it to retain the title. And then all of a sudden we have Scott Hall coming out, wasting time with the surveys. They don't know if Kevin Nash is going to be there because he's supposed to go against the giant and they wasted so much time. Giant comes out and beats up uh, Hall. Then they have a six man tag that Conan doesn't even show up. And so then they waste time 
not that I'm complaining about watching Elizabeth coming down the aisle, but they waste so much time of Savage and Elizabeth coming down the aisle to be their third partner on the NWO team to go against the Steiners and Bossman, or sorry, Ray Trailer. Decent match, but I think too much time was wasted uh, in there. And, uh, of course, Savage picked up the victory by uh, dropping the elbow on Big Papa Pump before he became Big Papa Pump. But he was in that transition. He had the haircut, just wasn't dyed yet, and he was uh, growing in that goatee. So it was only a matter of time before he switched over that way. Goldberg and McMichaels. Of course, Goldberg ended up winning. Uh, it was a little bit longer uh, match than Goldberg normally has, but he picked up the uh, victory with the jackhammer. Uh, Raven uh, was supposed to go against Chris Benoit, but, of course, Raven's rules. He can pull himself out, and it's a no-holds-barred match anyways. So all the flock got involved, and it was Benoit versus the world, and the numbers were too much for Benoit to hold off everybody. You see Billy Kidman there, and he looks like he's homeless. <laughs> and yeah, Raven did finally get in and hit the uh, uh, even flow, and Saturn put on the uh, uh, rings of Saturn to get the victory. And interesting though, for uh, two matches had the four radicals going against each other. Hmm. The whole thing, but yeah, just a squash match in a way that way. Uh, Bagwell just became NWO, went against Luger. Meh. They could have been so much better. Hennig and uh, DDP was a good match, I'd say. And uh, DDP picked up his uh, first, as, I, as uh, Dusty was uh, saying, I guess his first major title in uh, wrestling, even though I guess I thought by that time he'd already been a U.S. champion. I mean, a uh, TV champion. But... If that's not a major title, and the U.S. one is, so be it. But he did jump into the crowd and was doing the people's champion uh, side of things. Did you catch that match? Uh, no, I didn't watch a lot of this one. I kind of ran out of time. Oh, no problem. Uh, the seventh match was uh, what they were putting everything on because uh, it was supposed to be the control for uh, Nitro and uh, it's Larry Zabisco, of all people, going against Eric Bischoff in a karate versus wrestler thing, and Brett was the referee. This is a great way of using the guy who got screwed on at Montreal to come in and be a referee because he knows what bad refereeing is all about. And the lead-up to it had him denouncing the NWO but then showing up one week on Nitro in the limo of the NWO and uh, Bischoff thought he had Brett in his pocket and Brett was actually siding with Eric for a lot of things and taking, uh, pushing Larry off and even uh, checking for chokes and stopping holds and really pissing people off. And then uh, Scott Hall ended up cheating for Bischoff. Brett saw it and called for a DQ and uh, laid out Bischoff. So, WCW got to keep Nitro. Yeah. I think that was just basically your bathroom break. This was and a then, terrible, terrible match. That the refing obviously was just done to tease people and make them think, oh, is Bret Hart gonna, you know, it was just terrible. Absolutely. He's gonna be the NWO. And then of course the main event had Hogan come out uh doing the whole NWO strut and 
then Sting comes from the back instead of for the ceiling. Uh, they did some sort of little laser light show looking thing to introduce Sting. Uh, but then he came out and it was really poorly firecrackers as if at the on the entrance way just popping off, which set my dog off for a bit while I had to mute it. And you had uh, Nick Patrick was the uh, chosen referee because couldn't trust referees. And so all of them got put into a bin and Nick Patrick, a dirty referee from the NWO got picked. So, oh my God, is that going to uh, hold true again? And Bret Hart came out uh, near the end because of the interference that was going on from the NWO. And I guess it was supposed to be a fast count by uh, Nick Patrick, but he actually did count it properly. And instead of ringing the bell, Brett stopped it and called uh, Nick Patrick uh, for doing a fast count, which Nick's going, ah, it was legit, dude, and got laid out for it. Hogan tried escaping with the title. Brett grabbed him, tossed him back in. Sting put on the Scorpion Deathlock or Sharpshooter. Uh, and uh, got brought to call the match, and Sting was the hero. Uh, now WCW reigns supreme. They took the WCW uh, US title away from the NWO. They took Nitro and retained it, and now they have the title, and everybody that was in the audience came out and supported uh, Sting. Even Louis Spicoli was in there, and Ernest the Cat Miller and everybody, so... Everybody went home happy that Sting saved the day. So overall, avoid this pay-per-view. You don't need to watch it. Some good matches, but just watch those matches, not the whole pay-per-view. Uh, the aftermath of the whole thing, uh, the feud continued with uh, Sting and Hogan. Uh, yeah, it's just because Nick Patrick did count properly and videos showed that it did, they had to kind of uh, clean things up uh, and play around with things uh, on Nitro going forward. Uh, but yeah, just kind of a schmoz of a uh, ending and poor way of using Bret Hart after he was handed to you on a silver platter with the screw job. Good going WCW. All right, moving on. December 28, 2002, 19 years ago, Ring of Honor presented a final battle. In this one, Brian, Brian Danielson, Loki, Samoa Joe, and Steve Carino fought to a 45-minute draw to determine the number one contender for the ROH championship. And uh, I'd be pissed as a fan, so I just watched an amazing match that ended up not giving me a number one contender. Uh, of course, that was the point of the match, uh, and that, in, to me, was worse than a double pin in a cage match. Uh, it, yeah, I don't get... I, I mean, I, I know wrestling has to do something so they can carry on to the next day, but... Give us a winner. Yeah. December 29th, 1985, 36 years ago, the NWA and AWA co-presented Star Wars. Uh, December 29th, 1991, WCW's Starcade Battle Bowl 91, the Lethal Lottery, happened. In Sting, last eliminated Lex Luger to win the Battle Bowl Battle Royale. December 29th, 1995, ECW presented Holiday Hell. 
from the Lost Battalion Hall in Queens, New York. Obviously not lost enough because people found it. Also on December 29th, uh, WCW presented Starcade 96. In this one, Roddy Piper defeated Hollywood Hogan via TKO in the main event, dubbed by fans as Age in the Cage. December 30th, 2007, 14 years ago today, Ring of Honor uh, presented Final Battle from the Manhattan Center in New York. And some highlights, and then we are done for this week. Highlights, December 25th, 1988, 33 years ago, a huge cleanup was underway in Century City, Los Angeles, after a terrorist group led by Hans Gruber was foiled by John McCain, uh, a Detroit police officer who was an attendee at the annual Nakatomi Corp Christmas party at the newly constructed Nakatomi Tower. And you wonder, why the fuck is this in this? To amuse us, that's why. Exactly. Yeah, my, it's not Christmas until uh, Hans falls from the building. Yes. And there's so many uh, holiday movies that you can refer to. It's just, you know, a hoot. On New Year's, I always think of Poseidon Adventure. Uh, December 25th, 1985, uh, Rocky Balboa would pull off a Christmas miracle when he beat Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. There were not many who gave the Italian stallion a chance of victory, but by the end of Christmas Day bout, chance of Rocky Rocky could be heard around the arena in Moscow. Though I will say, depending on which version you watch, I highly recommend uh, getting a way to f see the re-released director's cut of Rocky IV. Um, Stallone took out the robot, he took out a lot of Polly because of the robot uh, being there, and he took out the kid. And so I scrapped like 19 minutes of uh, stuff. They threw in more Apollo and uh, a little bit more Drago, made it more dramatic and more focused on the whole Drago thing, killing uh, Apollo, spoiler alert, and uh, then going after Rocky in the uh, matchup in uh, Russia. It was more sports and drama than comedy and the other. So if you ever get a chance to uh, check out the director's cut, do it. All right. I will try to find that. Uh, December 26, 2009, 12 years ago, WWE signs Saron Snuka and George Ar Arias, or Arias, I don't know how you say it in that name. Uh, daughter of WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Snoop Superfly Snuka. And, of course, she works as Tamina, while uh, Jorge, or George, I'm not sure which it's Jorge, Jorge. or George. Jorge. Jorge, okay. Who went by uh, Unico, uh, Sin Cara, Negro and Sin Cara. He went by a bunch of different names. December 29th, 1988. In Tokyo, Japan, Antonio Noki defeated Riki Kushu via DQ. After the bout, uh, Takashi Kitano introduced the newest member of his Takashi Pursuo Gundam stable, Vader, a.k.a. Leon White. 
Uh, Vader would destroy Antonio Anoki in three minutes shortly after his debut. This was a huge deal as Anoki rarely lost. A riot ensued and NJPW was banned from running events in Sumo Hall until 1989. Just imagine the fact that uh, rumors, if not, or I think it was substantiated, that originally Vader, because they were cartoon characters in Japan, was supposed to be James Helwig instead of Leon White. Yeah, I what, that where well. things where things would have gone had Helwig uh, been available and done that as opposed to what Leon did. Honestly, I don't think it would have gone very far. No, Leon was the right choice. Absolutely. Uh, December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight, uh, on Nitro, Ric Flair defeated Eric Bischoff in a return match from the previous night's Starcade to become the WCW president for ninety days. Had Flair lost, he would have been forced to retire again for the upteenth time. On the same show, Scott Steiner defeated Conan to win the WCW World TV Championship. And to wrap it all in a bow, December 28th, 12 years ago today, on Raw, Vince McMahon officially announced Bret Hart would guest host the January 4th, 2010 edition of Raw. And that is it for this week in wrestling. A, another look back. Um, of course, this is all compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, um, kchideseats.com, uh, and most importantly, from the fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you, of course, to our sponsor, sponsor CoolBet, coolbet.com, and sportsbook betting and casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And as always, like to say thanks to our Johnners listeners and a, a hello out there to Sam who listens to us uh, out in Australia. Australia, thank you so much for listening to us. And um, there you go. That's it for this week. Yeah, it's great to know we're in uh, other areas uh, of the world, not just uh, in the, the northern hemisphere of uh, Earth. We're now in. We are everywhere. everywhere. There's at least one person that listens to us in every major country. That's awesome. Um, and I'm good enough with that. Yeah, same here. Uh, we do it for the fun of it, not for the fame. If the fame comes, great. I'll I'll take it. But uh, you know, we're having fun. We're wrestling fans, and you can always get in touch with us uh, on any of our platforms on social media. And reach out and uh, share your thoughts and memories as well. And we'll uh, include it just like uh, Chris just did a uh, shout out. We'll give you a shout out and also, uh, yeah, uh, share your thoughts and uh, memories as well. Uh, one thing I also want to add for next week's as well is the fact that we said on that um, December 28th, 2009 edition of Raw, Vince uh, said that Brett was going to uh, guest host the January 4th Raw. It's not part of a Monday Night Wars because there was no war, but we're going to look at what happened that day with the fact that Sean and Brett had never encountered each other beforehand after all the animosity that went on and everything went uh, down that day. And we'll uh, look at what happened actually that day uh, as part of our uh, look back in history yeah. next week. And of course, earlier we talked about Bob Backlund and uh, that asterisk 
of his long championship run. And I, I couldn't remember, of course, now I do. Uh, Antonio Noki was the one that I believe that uh, he uh, lost the title to, but then yada, 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 and WWE never recognized it. So Yeah, title changes on other people's soil, but as soon as they come back, oh, no, that didn't happen. Go figure. Um, but, yeah, so thank you, uh, Chris. We'll look forward to our next edition of uh, this next week. And I hope everybody has a great and safe New Year's. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back here in 2022. Have a good one.